Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The wellness breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the wellness guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the country place. 10 acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are gonna support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Mums the Word listeners, it's Kaz Jaff here and we've got a great episode for you in store with Bridget Wood. She's a fellow podcaster on The Wellness Couch where she co-hosts Nourishing the Mother and her co-host Julie Tanner was interviewed a few episodes back on Mums the Word so you already know a little bit about the podcast and I recommended it back then and I'm going to recommend it again to you today to have a listen. Uh, this, this episode we're talking with Bridget all about how to be true to yourself as a mother which is something that we're both pretty passionate about and follows on very well from last week's episode on adrenal fatigue, but more about Bridget. Bridget Wood is a writer, speaker, and event manager and coach with a vision to raise our collective consciousness through her businesses, Suburban Sandcastles, and Nourishing the Mother. With studies in media, communications, and human behavior, and 10 years spent in the corporate world, Bridget has an insatiable appetite for knowledge and a desire to understand the bigger picture of how we and the world are the way we are, and to empower people to connect to themselves and realize their potential. Bridget shares some lovely um, uh, personal things on this episode as well as sharing all about her um, passion for the work that she does with Suburban Castles and once again the podcast Nourishing the Mother. Enjoy the episode and just so you know that was my little one in the background and now he's uh, starred on the uh, on the podcast too. So thanks Shai, enjoy the episode. Hey Bridget, please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Hi, so thanks so much for having me Kaz. Um, gosh, that's such a tough question because I know you've all heard my bio, but I feel like it just flicks around everywhere at the moment. Um, at the moment, I'm really deeply consumed in the intensity of a motherhood with my three-month-old daughter. Um, but absolutely, I am, gosh, a woman of many things. I spent 10 years in corporate. Um, I'm now running two businesses as well as 
finding that balance, I guess, between being the mother that I want to be and that link between the business that I ultimately want to grow and change the world with. So, um, you know, no no small feat um, and, of course, pushing past that, that inner limit, upper limiting and resistance that we all find ourselves in. Totally, and we're just going to put a little bit of a, um, a disclaimer on that Sylvie is actually on your lap. Oh, you're wearing her at this moment, so <laughs> anything goes here, and let's just make it real, right? So, yeah, um, well, here and there. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah, little gurgle. Um, so let's go into a little bit more depth, really, about where how you got to where you are today. I mean, let's go back because um, it's obviously a journey and a journey to yeah. motherhood and I guess just to get to know you better and really yeah connect a bit more about what we're talking about I guess I think back to I used to have a blog before my suburban sandcastles website became you know the really events focus that it is now it used to be a blog and I wrote this blog when my when I was pregnant with my son who's now three and a half and I wrote about that that challenge that I think all mothers go through where they feel like they're going to lose their, you know, themselves in motherhood, and who who are who are we once we become mothers? Because we, particularly if you've got that career background or you've got that strong sense of who you are, the whole shattering of that can be momentous. And I, I sensed it coming. I really sensed it coming when I was when I was heavily pregnant with him. Um, and I suppose for me that has been the catalyst for so much of my growth and the growth of, of the businesses that I that I now run, which is really how do we get to who we are while still being the mothers that we want to be for our children, while still giving them the presence and um, I guess guideposts for them to grow as authentically as they can in themselves. Yeah. Do you think that feeling um, that you had when you were pregnant, do you think that's just that inborn, almost like nesting, how suddenly oh. you start to nest and it's like there's this thing that happens and, you know, it just, yeah, it's almost like this innate um, yeah, yes. awareness that this is not what's going to suit motherhood or tell us what your feelings are so on much, that. Much so. And, and I really felt it. I, I ha- actually had um, a miscarriage before I had Hugo. And that just my world just crashed because I think for so long I had been working in a corporate job that I that I didn't love, and I have always had this sense that that we are all, you know, have within our heart this this work that we're here to do, you know, this service that we're here to give to the world, and I just didn't feel like I was doing that in that role, um, and and I really saw like my first pregnancy as my ticket out of there, right? Like I thought, saw that that was my next you know, transformation of who I was and and to have that pregnancy come to an end at 12 weeks was pretty earth-shattering. Um, and so, again, like when I was, you know, about to finish up um, before I had Hugo, it was really kind of that, you know, tension between two worlds, like this world of, you know, the office commute and the nine-to-five and the sitting at a desk in a cubicle and, really for me what felt like having to disown parts of myself to fit what I thought was like the mold of who I was to be at work. Yeah. Compared to who I really wanted to be in myself and and in my transition to becoming a mother, which which was something that I really intended, particularly after the miscarriage, was something that I really intended to do very consciously. Um, you know, I took a very academic approach to to pregnancy and motherhood, and I think I sort of still do, um, which can which can be 
a benefit and a drawback, I suppose. I'm a bit the same though. Like I've got a science brain, but I've also got that earth mama side too. So I totally hear where you're coming from there. You almost have to break things down and, you know, pros and cons. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think definitely the, the work that I've done more recently um, in my studies um, in human behaviour with the DMITN Institute and also um, with the work that we do with our programs with Nourish and the Mother has been enormously humbling because to really recognise that, that any judgement that you have of other people is a judgement of you and really having to embody the principles around reflective awareness and, and ownership of traits that you see in other people has been has been enormously powerful because certainly in my early motherhood journey I was very polarised and very one-sided around what I thought was the right way to do things. Um, and, of course, when you get too far one way, you'll create a situation to bring you back to balance, and that's ultimately what I what I think I did, you know. And so it's been an enormous kind of breaking apart to put myself back together in yeah. a way. Oh, part of me goes, oh, I want to know more about that. You went too far <laughs> one way and brought you back to balance. Are you talking about the miscarriage there or are you talking about a parenting, uh, I guess, uh, philosophy? Both of them, you right. know, the miscarriage. Absolutely, I think I was elated when I when I fell pregnant that first time, and and that's not sustainable as a as a state of being. Um, and I also saw the fact that I saw that as like my, my you know like my exit out of a job that I wasn't loving, um, and, and saw that it was going to be all of these amazing things meant that you know I kind of my subconscious had to bring me back into balance. And this can be really confronting stuff when you're not. Um, I guess practicing this way of thinking, but but it was you know really really powerful for me to get me back and humbled and you know I really had to go through that sense of pain in order to get through the other side and understand the wisdom in it. And you know I talk about it now that it was my greatest blessing, absolutely. Yeah, you definitely have done a lot of work. I can tell by the way you talk uh, <laughs> about it. I mean, I don't have to go and you know share all of that with us, but I can oh, definitely well, hear. Yeah, well, it's interesting because Julie and I both, um, Julie, my co-host on Nourishing the Mother, who was interviewed on on Mum's the Word a few weeks ago, which we love um, that episode. It's oh, it's heaps it's of downloads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved it too. I just I wrote, wrote to her. I'm like, oh my god, you did amazing. I just loved it because it really sung the truth of who she is. It was beautiful. Yeah. But we did a podcast on on miscarriage, and because both of us experienced a missed miscarriage at 12 weeks within about six months of each other, we didn't know each other then. Um, so that's very serendipitous, but um, we really unpacked both of our experiences with it and and, under, and saw the underlying order in that experience, which was so powerful because when you can see that, um, you know, that you wouldn't change something and that you can be grateful for it the way it was, it doesn't need to run you anymore. We didn't, we were no longer caught up in sort of the victim story of it. Yeah, and it's I not the really, story, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can really look at it with a lot of distance now and see that that simply made up the fabric of who I am. Do you think if you can see that in the past that it's more that you were just not trying to deal with your whole work situation and like you said, the easy ticket out and yeah. there is no easy ticket generally? There's not. There's really not. And, and you know, a part of me looks back and, and looks at how long I stayed in, a, in, a, in that kind of environment and I also love myself for that because that gave me so many other things. So my, while it might not have given me career fulfillment in that moment, it gave me enormous other, you know, benefits and security and all of those kinds of things. So yeah. Yeah. I think once you get, you know, like Steve Jobs says, you know, you can't join the dots looking forward, but you can join them looking back. And, and I, I can look back at everything to this point right now and just go, wow, like, you know, it might not be conventional, but seriously, I knew what I was doing. It's on some level, you know. Yeah, 
No, it's great because I can hear just things going on in my life at the moment that you're speaking to me, but I'm sure there's listeners out there um, that can say exactly the same thing. Like we all have this lesson to actually relearn, I think. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's not it's not rocket science and it's not new to us, but, um, you know, we sort of do get stuck in our in our lives and our stories. So let's, let's get into a little bit of how you moved from corporate. Um, I want to know more. I want to know the whole suburban sandcastles journey. I want to know nourishing the mother and just, yeah. yeah, just that whole, I mean, there's a lot that you've got to share and, um, and teach us. So Suburban Sandcastles really came first and actually that was, you know, really inspired, funnily enough, by um, listening to Damien Christoph speak at the Wellness Summit, which would have been about two and a half years ago now. Uh-huh. Um, and what began as a blog really began as what I wanted to use as a platform to create conversation around what I saw as issues that really mattered, um, you know, and hearing him speak about the power of food and the way that we as society kind of cultured into, you know, looking narrowly into one way as the only way of, of being in terms of how we consume food and not looking beyond packaging and not looking beyond marketing and all of those kinds of things that really spoke to me deeply. Um, my background before I worked at corporate was a, um, I worked in, I studied media and journalism and, and one thing that stuck to, stuck with me in those studies was the fact that there's more child psychologists working in marketing and advertising than there are working in practice with young children. Oh, really? Yeah. And so when I understood that, I, I just I just kind of lifted the veil on the illusion with which we all live, where we get so caught up in feeling not enough and feeling like the next person has something more than us and getting consumed by instant gratification rather than what legacy can I leave? What can I teach? You know? Yeah. Oh, that just gave me a really yucky feeling. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty hideous, yeah. you know, and so, and so that, that also gives me a strong value on like what I see is like the sanctity of childhood, right? Yeah. You know, that, that that we are so, you know, us too are so… Um, get rid of the box, get rid of the box. Yeah, yeah, totally, you know, because our senses, our senses are just assaulted all the time and, you know, even us adults don't have the capacity to drown out a lot of that. So what hope, hope is there for children? Yeah. So that was, you know, really inspiring to me because I, I thought particularly at that stage my son um, was just, you know, really getting into solid food and, you know, I, I had a really strong value on not giving him com- commercial food and all that kind of stuff and and so I, I screened uh, a number of screenings of the film Overfed and Undernourished. Uh-huh, yeah. And with that film, it was just great. We had Damien come and speak and that just the, the momentum that that created and the sense of transformation in some of the people in our audience who had, you know, just been blindly following what, what we all do. You know, you get, you get caught up in life and it gets busy and things fall by the wayside and you follow the marketing. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, so that was huge. So once we did that, which was late 2014, I then planned a whole schedule for 2015 and we're just coming to the end of our 2016 schedule. So we've now shown over 30 events with Suburban Sandcastles um, featuring documentary films and pretty amazing speakers. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's just big. I kind of – I don't often take a, take time to stop and look back at what it's become and, and the movement that it's created because, yeah, like, I think, you know, as you know, you just get caught up in what you're doing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, but it's been pretty pretty profound. I think the peop- I think that when people sort of say to me, how do you do all the things that you do, at the end of the day, it's all about passion, isn't it? Yes. You know, like it's easy when it's, you know, it's not a job anymore when you love it. So, yeah, you know, and, you it, know gives you, it gives you fulfilment. 
And it's that principle, you know, that the energy is infinite when you know the source. Like sometimes I can be like dog tired at eight o'clock at night and then start working or start reading something inspiring and I'm up for another four hours like it's like it's morning again. Yeah. Yeah. So really getting clear on what your sort of recipe for that is um, has been really, really profound for me. Love that quote. I'm just writing it down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, let's not just sort of make it even, I mean, you know, you've had a another child in that time you also if Hugo's now three three and a half I mean that's yeah. a that's a massive thing to do with a an infant and of course really is, you, know, you know on a logistical <laughs> level I know things when you're hosting movie nights I've done it as well with little ones is that that yeah. means you're not putting your child to bed you yeah. know you know that means that there's a whole support team behind you and it's right. yeah we shouldn't we shouldn't it's it's massive and totally honouring that, you know, because I couldn't do this without that, and I couldn't couldn't do this without shattering some of my really strongly held beliefs around around my parenting. Like, um, you know, another another quote that I love is that the sky is not the limit; your belief system is. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and I was working with a coach once. So I worked with a bunch of coaches in the last few years. And he, he really got me to see, like, that my son, I didn't need to put him to bed every night and that there was benefits to him in my, my father doing that And because I was very, very attachment parenting kind of focused early on. Yeah. Um, which can be all-consuming as a mother, you know, and I, my heart goes out to other mothers who are following that path because I don't know how democratic it is in terms of making sure that you're looking after your own needs as well as your, as your child's. Yeah. And I certainly lost myself in that process. Yeah. So getting back to like really what we wanted to talk about, how to be true to yourself as a mother, I mean, you've really put that in practice as well, that you, you don't want to just give up your world and your desires and your your dreams for yourself because at the end of the day, the kids grow up and, you know, I don't know, in some cultures they're out of the house at 18 or they're exactly. shipped away to school and then you're left with an empty, who am I? And I've given myself up and, you know, like, yeah, it's a it's a slippery slope, that's for sure. It really is. And I think, you know, that, that the idea that, you know, the greatest teacher is exemplification. You know, I can't tell my children, you can be anything you want to be and, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, you know, you've got to be your authentic self. If I wasn't doing that for myself, you know, and that's what really woke me up because I knew that, that it wasn't fulfilling for me to be just all about them, you know, to be just home all the time and to really kind of be that, you know, barefoot earth mother who could cook nourishing meals all day and and be satisfied with that. There had to be something more for me. And I think once I honoured that um, and was able to see that I could give them everything I wanted as well as give myself what I wanted, there didn't need to be any um, loss there. Yeah, well, we hear it all the time. I mean, put the oxygen mask on yourself. I mean, we're talking from an energetic level, but this is really yeah. more from a spiritual and, I guess, um, emotional needs as well. I mean, we have them. We're humans and, uh, you know, yeah. And I think um, it's a little bit monkey see, monkey do, right? Totally. And, you know, and there's, I mean, for me, getting uh, um, my head around the concept or the philosophy of aware parenting was really powerful. Um, Alisa Salter, who wrote the book of The Aware Baby, um, there's also parenting or hand-in-hand parenting, so Patty Whiffler, um, that, that kind of principle of seeing um, your children as as whole people and not an extension simply of you and that you don't need to provide them with everything and that they have emotions that are stored up that you can help them release and, you know, that, that whole idea that, you know, if, if your child loses that blanket, oh, my God, what are you going to do? We can't possibly have the child upset by losing their blanket here. Let's go quickly buy another one. Well, no, disappointments happen. You've lost your blanket. I'm here to listen. 
is yeah. you know that that whole thing that we can't shield our children nor ourselves from pain and and nor, nor would we want to because that that kind of border of of pleasure and pain and support and challenge is how we grow the most yeah and i think it's very important that they see us cry that they see us go through lots of emotions and yeah. um, you know and it's it's you know let let just have that let's just have that cry and have a cuddle and get it out and you know i would hate to think that they don't get to express that and it's stored in and obviously comes out in another way later on it does. You know? <laughs> yeah and I mean it seems so obvious but I think I was so caught up in in not one in kind of seeing these two extremes of parenting which was leave your child to cry it out by themselves at night or have them attached to your breast and not let out a whimper I didn't see anything in between that you know and and that was a really challenging road for me because I almost would not like other people to do certain things with my son in case he represses emotions and you know it, it was it was you know, far too one way. Yeah. So certainly, yeah, Lisa Salter's work and doing a lot of work with John D. Martini was was really powerful in terms of understanding the broader dynamics of play and understanding how much, you know, whatever your kids are going through, they're a reflection, right? Yeah. So what you're not congruent with, what are you what are you struggling with? What what why don't you want them to go to daycare? Why don't why are you so, you know, highly strong and really understanding family dynamics more broadly, like it's been a such an interesting journey particularly traveling through pregnancy and birth and early motherhood with a second baby and seeing how that plays out in my son and you know you would know this obviously as a chiropractor seeing the changes in the nervous system through that process um has been really fascinating in his or yours in his nervous system yeah yeah Yeah, in his you know and it's it's and seeing how his behavior changes and you know he's almost like overly loving and, and which i know is to compensate for some discomfort but 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 knowing that he wants to make me happy and make me comfortable and make sure that I still love him so he has to show me how much he loves his baby sister you oh, know it's so evolved it's so evolved <laughs> I mean I I remember someone said to me it's like it's like you know you're in this relationship and suddenly your partner comes home and goes yeah I'm actually just bringing this person home. Like whether, I don't know, let's say in hetero relationship, the husband comes home and goes, yeah, bring home this new woman and, and she's staying and, you know, just sort it out, get used to it. She's not leaving and, you know, you have to share. It's like that's pretty much what they have to deal with and, you know, you know, if you have that perspective, I think we can be a little bit more nurturing about the whole oh, process. Totally. But let, let's go back to that step where you went from, you know, I guess, before you were at the wellness summit and you sort of went to that suburban cut, like that whole let's dive deeper into that that suiting your own need. There must have been something um, that clicked for you. You know, was it the work with Martini or what? I mean, there's still – I just want to hear because I mm. want women out there to sort of get it themselves as well and, and if they can sort of resonate with that process that you went through. Where is that step? Because it's, you know, it takes a lot of courage to then, you know, do all this and it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, I know it comes from a void, right? So I know it comes from a sense of something missing, like everything does, like everything in our life yeah. does. Yeah. Um, and I know that certainly my parenting came from a sense that I wasn't emotionally connected to my dad or that he wasn't open with me. So I think that I was almost overcompensating with that for my children, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for myself, you know, in terms of giving myself an opportunity to be heard. Um, and I think it's just a bit of a story around that growing up is that you know feeling really like I'm not confident in myself and and I think that probably comes from not having you know a dad who was deeply nourishing from that emotional point of view yeah 
Yeah. So you feel like you were overcompensating and I mean, at some point you must have realized that this is not going to work out for me. I'm spent. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I've only really joined the dots on this part, on this piece of the puzzle, like in the last few weeks, um, because it's so funny. We're so great. And like, you know, with our Nourishing Mother program, like we kind of facilitate some massive breakthroughs for people, but you know, with your own stuff, you often can't see the wood for the trees. So I just kind of went along my merry way knowing my story more recently, but not not seeing how that linked back to childhood because everything links back to childhood. Um, That's why there's so much pressure though because you do know that and you think you want to make sure that they have the smoothest ride possible so they're not doing this work in 20 years and on a podcast talking about what they didn't get, you know. I mean, that's that's the pressure that I feel. But you can't escape it, right? And that that was one thing like with the DMITNI work and he talks a lot about um, universal principles and um, the the kind of constant border of support, constant support and challenge that the universe is offering us. So the universe is always expanding and contracting and so are we. And we are – can't escape that like nature is always teaching us um you know the truth of ourselves but as humans we kind of forget that and just want to chase pleasure all the time and so when I really deeply understood that in every single moment there is both support and challenge but through your senses you only perceive one I was able to go back and look at my childhood and you know more recent Mm. events where I perceived that you know I was being enormously challenged or nobody was there for me and see who was there for me and so once you can see that it's simply your senses that are that are misguiding you, not the truth of it. It, it, there's enormous freedom there. So even like there's not there's, as mothers, we think that we're in control, but we're so not in control. And the more that we try and over support our children, the more the environment, the broader environment, will challenge them. So if you've got a super over supportive mother, then the father might be more of a harsher um, disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. Or if the parents are super, you know, spoil their kids and give them everything, then they might attract stuff in the schoolyard because we need both. Like you can't escape it. Totally. And so that there's an enormous freedom when you can recognize that divine order at play and realize that you are, you know, part of this kind of matrix of, of you know, stuff playing out and it all boils down to love and we need to get past love simply as being support love is both support and challenge because that's what we need um it's not infatuation it's not you know constant you know support and and kind of gushing and all of those things that we want love to be because it moves know, on from the honeymoon stage let's just it say does, that. it yeah. does you know relationships teach that too so so i think grasping that concept and continually coming back to that concept has helped me make um decisions for both my parenting and my um career and and relationships from a more poised point of view as opposed to being caught up in in the emotion of it yeah, it's very wise. So I just as you were talking, I just have to share this quote that I saw the other day on, of course, Facebook. Um, it was something like parenting's like a, a a fitted sheet. No one knows what they're doing or trying to fold a fitted sheet. Like no one really knows what they're doing. I had to laugh because it's like, how do you fold a fitted sheet? And same thing, like once you think you've got it down pat, something else will challenge you with parenting. Yeah, as well. and I think, you know, the, the incredible thing is like our kids are pressing our buttons. Like our kids are here. Like we genetically – created them to push our buttons like so that's what they're supposed to do and family is not about like the successful family is not about peace it's not about unity it's about growth and that growth can sometimes be really messy and you know a family is going to have all parts it's going to have the the overbearing one and the soft one and the you know and those roles will change throughout the family because they have to um, and so yeah like I, I just find it so incredible that, that that's the genius of our 
of our biology and our evolution that, that that's what our kids are here to do and things that we find hardest about ourselves, the kids will reflect. And they're um, so resilient as well. I mean, they, they're really, I don't think we give them enough credit for their resilience. I mean, I think by the time this uh, episode gets launched, I will have moved uh, back to Holland, which is two international moves with very little children in 14 months, you know, from one side of the globe and then back again. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm recording this while I'm still in Australia, but all everyone is telling me is like, the kids will be fine. The kids will be fine. And I know settling back into Melbourne was way harder for me than it ever was for them. And it's kind of the same thing. We've created this story that, you know, we have to, yeah, I don't know, um, put them in a cotton wool and make sure it's okay. But they've actually got some great strategies that we have to just let go and be confident that we're showing them with our actions anyway. And they see the world so differently to us. You know, they really do. Like we we, we project so often or we we all do this. We project how we think things should be or how how we think the world is onto other people. And there is no fixed reality. We're all creating our own. You know, there's no one, one world as such. It's simply just our view of it. Um, and when we can distance ourselves, I think, from our children's experiences and allow them to grow through their own experiences and not make it about us, that's when we actually give them the gift of creating their own path. With so much great information provided on each episode, we've created an easy way for you to stay up to date on keeping your family happy, healthy and safe. For exclusive content, as well as show notes, links for everything we discuss on the episode, as well as a free newsletter to help keep you informed, Visit mumsthewordpodcast.com. So you've mentioned a few times Dean Martini. Um, yeah. Just maybe for the listeners that know nothing about him, I'm pretty lucky as a chiropractor. I got introduced to him, I think, as a student. So that's mainly because he is a chiropractor and I guess that's yeah. where he's, you know, started sort of sharing his message. So let's just tell people a little bit more about that because the way you're speaking, I think a lot of people can hear that you have done a lot of work and, you know, doing the work, even though it's challenging and not so easy, it brings peace at the end and it's worthwhile. So maybe you could share a little bit about that work because, um, yeah, it's it's brought you um, to where you are. Yeah. Um, oh, I think a lot of it came from my desire to question, you know, first of all, I think we always start with our own problem, right? Like, so why do I feel like this? Or, um, you know, what's kind of my bigger, like, game to play here and it was listening to the wellness guys interview him that I thought wow I need to I need to get closer to this guy and his wisdom um and and I did and I've done a number of his courses now and I mean he he is a originally trained as a chiropractor um but is now sort of what's considered like an expert in human behavior so he's, he's like a polymath so he studies every area of life and looks for all the patterns within them um and has a really really deep understanding of the mind body connection um and pretty much every field that there is out there he has an immense amount of knowledge on because that's he's made that his life's mission really so yeah I think he, he used to be married to i think a state athena star woman as well yeah. so like you know he's just he's very very conscious but yeah very and very, you know normal deeply spiritual correct um, um yeah so just really really interesting um and so yeah i did two of his breakthrough experiences and, and prophecy which is like a seven day um, program on every area of life and wow. and really it takes you out of your own polarizations to see the more divine order at play and the fact that whenever you take one opinion you, there'll be an equal and opposing opinion that somebody else will have and that's what we need for evolution um it, which can be pretty humbling for somebody who thinks that you know their way is the right way like suburban sandcastle started you know in a lot of ways as my soapbox you know as as my view of how i thought the world should be uh-huh, uh-huh. um but the truth is 
you know, my, my way is no more right than the person who feeds their kid crap and doesn't recycle a thing, right? Because that will create voids in that child. If a child has an issue with health growing up, then, then they're, they're the ones who become the healers. Yeah. So we need all parts. And I think one, his work deeply taught me that, that every part every, it makes up the whole and, and teaches me to recognize all of my disowned parts and try and integrate them, you know, the parts of ourselves that we think we don't want to show the world. Well, the more that we hide from those parts, the more they're going to run us, you know, the more that we're, you know, ashamed of them, the more that they're going to more deeply um, kind of manifest in our bodies as disease and symptoms. Yeah, so, so true, so true. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, chiropractic's, you know, a classic example of, of releasing that tension um, in the body and, and kind of bring that alignment back. But you can do that work, you know, more consciously with the mind. And, I mean, the mind controls everything. So, yeah, so, so his work's been pretty profound and we've turned a lot of that work, um, both my wisdom through that work and Julie's wisdom through all of her years of working in birth and counselling and naturopathy um, into our, what we do with Nourishing the Mother with our podcast and with our programs. So, yeah, and I, I don't think you ever get there because as soon as you equilibrate one kind of challenge, you create the next. That's that's the journey. And and so I'm I'm... Yeah, I'm staying humble to that truth as well. Yeah, I always sort of talk about the, you know, there's that, um, I guess, circus act where there's those sticks and the plates spinning and, yeah. you know, there's always spinning plates and, you know, you sort of one's sorted and it's spinning and then the other one's dropping down. You've got to run over there and that's kind of like family, finances, health, kids, you know, work. Yeah. It's, it's all of those. And, you know, once you think you're all spinning, you've you got to keep going. <laughs> you know, you might decide that you want to let one go and it's not as important, you know, and yeah. but you'll add another plate spinning somewhere else. It's just they're never going to stop spinning and we just have to build up resilience and and what you said as well, like understanding with ourselves and, yeah. and being gentler, but also um, resilience, really. And asking better questions, you know, like the, the quality of our life is determined by the quality of the questions that we ask of ourselves. Yeah. Um, because when you ask yourself better questions, you come up with better answers and better solutions and, and better ways of being that don't have to be like, you know, accepted accepted opinion and accepted wisdom. Yeah, totally, totally. So, um I'm sure you have many because you've already shared a few um, drops of gold. Um, I've written them down so they'll be in the show notes. But maybe you could share with us a quote or an affirmation and just as meaning to you on this topic of, um, yeah, being true to yourself as a mum or as a person, shall I say. Yeah, one affirmation that I keep coming back to and, and I really like affirmations because if we consider ourselves as energy, then then our affirmations become our reality you know, mm-hmm. um, and so, but it's important that they're balanced, you know, it's important that they recognize, you know, that they're not kind of saying, I'm a millionaire, you know, and, and you're not, and, and you need to do the work to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I love is um, I'm willing and open to seeing and owning all that I am. Yeah, nice. It's a lot um, because I think that whole kind of, you know, comparison syndrome mm-hmm. where we start to think that other people have more than what we have or are doing better than we are or, you know, our kids are pissing us off so much you know, that trait in them drives us nuts. They're all you. They're all a version of you that you that have come into your awareness for you to love more. So Can you just say it one more time? Yes. I'm, I'm willing and open. Okay. I am willing and open to seeing and owning all that I am. Okay, nice. And so it really creates Where's that from? Um, I made it up. Oh, it's from you. Even better. For me, yeah. Even better, love it. When I was going through a really challenging identity crisis, you know, and because we, we kind of hit identity crisis whenever we reach a new kind of quantum quantum level um, and, 
and yeah, that was a pretty big one. So, so I've been writing that that affirmation for a while, and I think also that really opens you up to more love for everyone around you. And when you see that everyone around you is here to teach you something about yourself, you, you can see that there's you know no mistakes with what's going on because they're all you know parts. I think there's a lot of softness in that too. Like you know, yeah. you're willing to be accepting of yourself. There's a lot of self love. Yeah, yeah, and it's a practice, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and another, another quote that I love because um, I'm a massive fan of Rumi, the uh, mystic and the poet. Yeah, and I love his quote that conventional opinion is the ruin of our souls, <laughs> 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 which is really the idea of suburban sandcastles, which is try to create a conversation around you know the stuff that's less than mainstream to kind of challenge some of the dominant paradigms that we accept. Um, and to get ourselves to play, to play in greater alignment to who we are, and to step beyond who we think we are. Um, and so I love that. No, that. there's a lot to be said also for social media, how we can be on it too much. But it really, it does open people up to not hearing the mainstream message. And like you said, with child psychologists in advertising and things like yeah. that, I'm very grateful that there's other people out there now getting on Facebook Live and speaking their uh-huh. truth. And it's not just you know the big guns. Yeah, and you know, I think you know you, we're so lucky at this point in time because because of technology, what that opens us up to being and creating within ourselves. Because you know, we're, we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. But now with technology, we can surround ourselves with with the most inspiring people in the world if we want to through podcasts, through books, through webinars, and and that is just so awesome. And we can do the same for our children. So, you know, being a mother today, yes, it has its challenges with with technology, but it also has enormous opportunities. Yeah. No, thanks for making that really, yeah, balanced and clear. Um, mm. So, um, as you know, because you're a listener of the podcast and um, also a co-host, uh, co-host of the Nourishing the Mother on the Wellness Catch, where we also um, are hosted, there's definitely struggles in motherhood and I'd love for you to share with the audience a time that, that was not maybe not so easy for you and, and more so from the point of how did you get out of it and who did you call upon and, and what did you learn? Yeah, I mean, I've already talked about the miscarriage which was you know I guess pre-motherhood but also was just like awesome the best thing that happened to me even though it felt like the worst thing at the time yeah um but probably my biggest challenge in motherhood since then has been um my son since Sylvie's been born um because you know when you are your parents everything for three and a half years and then you have a sibling that can really play out and I was pretty conscious of it but I was just noticing that I was enormously triggered like really like triggered, like angry, like the angriest I'd ever been, which I know is never him, right? Like that seed's not possible to be expressed if it's not already in me. So what's the problem here? Yeah. So I'm having to journal a lot on that and dig pretty deep and got really back into the principles of attachment play with him. So um, Playful Parenting is a really great book by Dr. Larry Cohen, which really talks about the fact that you can't reason and rationalise with young children the way that they grow and heal is through laughter play quite often and tears. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing a lot of play with him. My husband's great at it. I'm not as good at it, so I've really had to get back into what are some of those practices. So we're still going through it at the moment, but it's just I've noticed that I'm much more, like I've, fa- I've re- rekindled that deep love and gratitude for him being in my life again, whereas, you know, for a while there I was just like not wanting to be around him and I don't want I don't want that for our relationship, so I really had to push through. <laughs> no, and throw it in with a bit of like, well, a lot of fatigue and, you know, yeah. it's just, it's yeah, it's it's a challenge. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think I think that never goes away. I think I think every age about that our children are, we're reparenting ourselves in some degree. So I always think, gosh, what was going around around going on? Hi, Sylvie. Hi, Sylvie. You're now you're now live. <laughs> you're now live on the podcast, Sylvie. She's been she's a bit of a star baby. She's been kind of out and about since she was <laughs> since she was pretty young. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So probably that in my parenting has been the, the biggest challenge. But I guess I'm grateful because uh, I could see what was going on, um, and and I and I knew the pathway to get through it. I was just pushing past that own my own personal resistance to that, you know, because there's other things I want to do. I don't love to play, so it's really a habit that I have to develop to to get into that and to see his invitations to play, which might not always be the way that I would like to do it, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. And I think it's also, um, you know, they need to be seeing you as well. Like I'm not a really big game board kind of mom. I'm also yep. not a super crafty let's go and glue and paste and, you know, but I can definitely get into all their other role plays and things as well. Yeah. So it's also just finding, I think, you know, where it's a happy medium that you're both satisfied. That's it. And I guess knowing that they get everything that they need and if, if you feel like that there's something that you can't provide for them, don't think you have to. Find someone else who really loves to do what they're interested in and put that person in place for them. You know, it could be an uncle or an, or an auntie or, you know, a grandparent or whatever it is because, you know, I just really think it's about how do we how do we teach our kids to live their values so that they teach themselves and that becomes who they are. And, and we have such a role to play as parents but but also knowing it doesn't have to be us you know we can still do what we want to do and facilitate that for them too um so yeah Yeah, sounds like he's super lucky with all this wisdom coming from you so so what drives you and gets you up to do all of this stuff because I know suburban sandcastles for sure and likely the podcast as well has you up doing things at night and researching and organizing probably uh screening uh fees and things like that and booking events um, I thought, oh gosh, what, what would it be? I just think that I, I want I want people to recognise the absolute gift of our life that we have, um, and I don't think it's meant to be lived in mediocrity. So I guess I'm constantly asking myself to step up, and 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 if I can do that, then I I know that that ripples out. I know that that inspires other people, and I want that to inspire my children. Um, you know, that's not just kind of the fact that I'm human too, and I also need to allow space for all of that, but. I think it's just wanting to to make a difference and to to connect people to themselves essentially yeah. and to kind of see when they're subordinating to other ideals and see where they're injecting other people's values into their lives so that they can free themselves from that and live congruently. Yeah, and be yeah. true to themselves, exactly what we're yeah. speaking about. Totally, totally. So um and I know your um, your next event is Why Home, and I know you've got some stories to share, I guess, about um, the birth of Sylvie. But if you could go back in time, knowing what you now know, I guess, with, you know, two two babies and two pregnancies and two births, uh, you know, mm-hmm. under your belt, what would you want to share with someone now um, who's pregnant for the first time? This is your, this is your opportunity to really oh. give your gift. Keep asking questions. Just keep asking questions. And and also questions of yourself you know what do you deeply want and if you think you want something then what's stopping you what are the fears you have around I think pregnancy and birth can bring up so many fears you know we're called to heal our own stories um and you know I knew consciously I think on some level that that there was some fears for me around birthing at home that that I wasn't ready to face um with Sylvie's birth and so 
you know, I subconsciously created a situation where I didn't have to birth at home. So sometimes it's okay too to see it and 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 still go and still take the take the the the, the what we perceive as easier route. Um, but but do it with do it with gentleness and awareness, and recognize that you're always on purpose. Like where you think that you need to be is not necessarily where you need to be. You you need to be where you are right now and being present to that process and that journey. Um, and not wanting to kind of change anything is 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 kind of being at peace with yourself. I think like there's nothing that I'd go back and change because if I went back and change anything, I wouldn't be here now holding this baby in this beautiful home with my beautiful family and these businesses that fill me up. So all of those things that I thought were wrong or bad have just been leading me to here. So now yeah. I want you to, for the for the benefit of others who are in this sort of situation where they're trying to live for someone else's ideals. Getting back to our topic of, you know, being true to yourself and whether it be as a mother or as a, as an individual, I want you to go there if you can and just on your level, whatever you want to share about the birth and how that went and what where you were at, I guess, after birth one, you know, really in the pregnancy, I guess, of Sylvie and what you'd set for yourself because it's, it's, it's a massive lesson and what you've just said, I know you've come already done a lot of work to get there, but I think for the benefit of the listeners, just share a little. Yeah, sure. So with, with Hugo's birth, that was really, I was so well informed. I was super conscious. I had a great birth in hospital, um, and I was really happy with it, but I also recognized that I internalized a lot uh, because I didn't feel safe enough to fully, like, be in my wild woman and release. Um, and so with after after his his birth, I really spent the next few years really deciding that I wanted to have a home birth with Sylvie. Um, and that was the whole plan, and it was beautiful, and I had a great pregnancy, but I was also quite sick in this pregnancy. I also recognized that I was – Particularly knowing I was having a girl this time, facing a lot of myself in that, and my and my relationship with my mother, um, and just you know parts of myself that that I was still really having to grow through. Um, I was asking my mum to really get okay very quickly with home birth, which is not something that she was necessarily okay with, because um, I wanted her in my space and I wanted her to look after my son. Yeah, and I also realised that I was carrying my husband, very much pushing my agenda. Um, and I think part of me was really like thinking, you know, what if shit hits the fan here? Like, what if this really goes wrong? Are, are my whole family going to reject me? You know, if something terrible happens. Go, Sylvie. Did you just hear that? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> we talked about them expressing things yeah, and getting yeah. things out. And this is yeah. real. This is real. So anyone who hasn't had a baby yet, these are the sounds that babies make. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, and because, you know, there's no right or wrong, right? Like, yes, we, we, we have values around natural birth and um, home birth and all of those kinds of things, but there's also, you know, parts of us that don't want that. And for me, I think that the fear of, of all of that potentially going wrong and, you know, maybe the societal judgment on me, particularly because I've got a little bit of a profile through my businesses, I didn't want, I didn't want that. But I also really wanted to be a voice for mothers choosing their own way and designing birth their own way and so I essentially got to have a home birth in hospital um, and it was absolutely incredible and I did some work in the middle of the night just before I had her like the day before I had her and I wrote all about this it's featured on Rockstar Birth magazine um, we can put it in the show notes yeah for sure I, I did all the benefits because I, I realized well if I've chosen this on some level why have I chosen it so I could bring the unconscious conscious 
And I realised it, like, you know, I did the benefits of why I wasn't, the benefits of me being in hospital and the benefits of not going into spontaneous labour because I was induced. Yeah. And, and I saw that it gave me all the things that I wanted but that I couldn't consciously create in my perception at least. Um, it gave me a sense of, of safety and that she would be okay and, and that it gave me a platform to make a bigger impact because the reality is a lot of people won't choose home birth. A lot of people want a natural birth, but they're not quite ready to take that leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think, um, I think my my what I always bring it back to is please birth where you feel comfortable. That's it. Please, yeah. because if you don't feel comfortable at home, it's not going to end up at home. Yeah. You, know, you are going to create something that it's going to, you're going to have to transfer. So it's almost yeah. getting back to this, you know, just really listen to where you're going to feel best. And, again, and there's no like, judgment on that and yeah. just do what feels good for you. And and that's, you know, and even some people, I mean, people will choose cesarean because there's a whole lot of unhealed pain from from their own childhood or the, or the connection or disconnection with their bodies and that's okay too. Absolutely. But also knowing that there's an opportunity for that to heal. You know, you can heal that. Um, yeah. so that you don't have to have that experience if you don't want it. But I think it's just wise for us, us all to sort of look for both sides and, and that's really that's when we can create healing, when we see that it was perfect. And that's why I wanted you to share that because I think there, there brings, there's a lot of self-judgment, you know, or, or expectation that other people will judge us and, you know, it's really. Yeah, that was yeah. totally my story when I talked about being so one way with my whole conscious parenting thing, you know, like I had to have, uh, you know, there's so many labels that go with that um, yeah. style of living and parenting, you know, like cloth napping and, um you know, like we don't use any, we don't eat sugar and everything's like na- natural and that oh, can the be. The best parents are the ones that haven't had kids yet, so you know, you know that. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, my, my dear friend who's got three children, when she saw my whole pack of cloth map nappies, she's like, let's see how long that lasts. And it did last um, pretty much the, the whole, uh, my first child, second child, yeah. not very long. Yeah, see, same thing. I mean, I like Hugo, he was in him for a long time and I think, oh, my God, I can't believe I spent that much time washing. <laughs> But, yeah, Sylvie has not gone in them and she's not going to because I've got a – I think it's also recognising that everything has benefits and drawbacks, right? Like so you're always going to embrace things that are highest in your values and see no drawback because you're inspired to do it. I was yeah. inspired to do that then. But there's other things that have taken place of that yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. And that's not right or wrong. It's just it's just the evolution of me. Exactly, exactly, so. exactly. So what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Oh, gosh. Um, I think – one of the best pieces of advice has been that you are perfect, really. And, and I, it took me a long, long, long time to get that, and I still have to remind myself of that. But I think we so often think that we that, that we're perfect when we do this, or or when I achieve that, then I'll be okay with myself, or when X happens, Y will be awesome. But the reality is life never gets better. It just gets, kind of gets more, we get more um, ability to handle more stuff. Um, and so the, the beauty is in, in being great, grateful for right now, for exactly where you are. And then when you're grateful for that, then you can create what you really want. So, yes, you're perfect, but, but with that caveat on understanding what that means, perfection being, you know, both sides, perfection being the part of you that's mean sometimes and the part of you that's nice sometimes. Yeah, I think there's also there's perfection and imperfection, right? Oh, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be correct all the time and it can still be perfect for where you're at at that place. And perfection is the imperfection. Perfection not in the sense of doing everything right. Perfection is the balance of the two. True. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you've got a long list, but I'm going to ask you to pick your top ones of um, invaluable resources that you want to share. So we've slipped in a few along as we've been speaking, the Aware Baby with Elisa Salter and Hand in Hand Parenting and Playful Parenting. Yeah. I also love um, The Conscious Parent by Dr. Shafali. Yeah. And You Are Your Child's First Teacher, which um, I'd have – it's by – I can't. I don't have the notes in front of me, but it's um, – I'll look by, it up. That's okay. We'll look it up. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. I'm reading that at the moment and it's really great because it kind of takes like a Steiner sort of perspective in terms of how a baby and a child comes into their consciousness and, uh, you know, like slowly, you know, becomes their human form, which I just find so poetically beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And also I love The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong. So it's a story of really around how we as females can understand the masculine more deeply and relate to men better. Now, if, I'm not, if I'm not incorrect, I have a feeling that Julie also mentioned that. She might have. Yeah, we, <laughs> we both love on that book and we interviewed Alison on our podcast. Nice. I think it was just such a... You know, it's kind of like the next level of men are from Mars, women are from women are from Venus. It's really deeply getting that, you know, the beauty of the masculine things that we think we need to fix. Well, no, we don't. We need to learn how to communicate with. Um, So I really love that. Um, Yeah. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, I'd love now for you to just share. I mean, because I know you said you blogged before suburban sandcastles. I'm not sure if it's the same name, but just any of your resources and how we can find out more about the work that you're doing. And obviously, nourishing the mother, I'll put in the show notes with the links. Yeah. Um, but if you could just let us know all the all the other deets. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what we do is is stored in the podcast of nourishing the mother. We're up to episode 75 now, I think, or 76. So there's like you know 50 or 60 hours of stuff in that. Um, and we've also blogged a little bit, um, but our program is probably where a lot of what I'm talking about um, is where we deeply journey. Yeah, which we run a few times a few times a year. Um, yeah, like that's probably where a lot of the resources are. And suburban sandcastles features blogs from me, and also other people who are kind of influential on the topics that we talk about and on the things that we share. So that's suburbansandcastles.com.au. Yeah, and yep, just dot com. Okay nourishingthemother.com.au yeah and was suburban sandcastles the name of the blog when you started yes it was but unfortunately when i moved websites i lost it all what can you believe it i didn't back it up so i was devastated because i had so many stories of like hugo when he was a baby on there and had you not shared them in the past on your facebook like wouldn't you be able to find them that way yeah but when you click it it goes to page not found oh no i had something saved in like word documents so i've got those things (laughs) Believe me, I tried. I tried every avenue I could <laughs> could to get them, but I also have to accept that there was some reason why I wasn't supposed to have all that. You kind know? of what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you've moved on and you've learnt those yeah. lessons and you don't need to kind of go back to those stories probably. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I've loved this episode, Bridge. Like really, oh, it's – um. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just on another level of wisdom and insight, I think. And, and really, we've completely stuck to our story of being true to ourselves you know, and, and dived into that. Yeah, really. And um, Sylvie's been amazing. <laughs> as she has. And I mean, I want to say too, I think that's a really a process of peeling back the layers. I, I think that we almost are born ourselves and then the growing up is a process of unbecoming to become who we were born to be too, you know, like so many layers get added in terms of who we think we need to be as we grow. And so we kind of get to a time in our life where we go, no, I'm not taking that anymore. I want to know the truth, the truth of me. And, and that's really what the, this journey is about. 
it would be so boring if we didn't have to do the work, right? If we didn't have to totally. peel back those layers and we sort of were traveling along all wise and conscious at, you know, yeah. at that level from, from early days. Like I think, yeah, there's so much growth and fun yeah. and challenge and all of that just in oh, the process. Absolutely. And we have no reason to be here if we, if we were fully enlightened. It's an absolute farce, you know? <laughs> totally, totally. There's no color there. No. 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 Well, thank you so much. Thank you for so um for sharing the message, really, and also for all the work that you do. Um, oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, and I invite everyone to listen to Nourishing the Mother. It's it's really um, yeah, it's just it's so congruent, I guess, with what we talk about. It's sort of almost like okay, get the baby out, and you know, some of the logistics are on this podcast, and for you, it's really about the mother and needing yeah. to nourish that. So it's yeah, it's um a must a must listen to. Oh, thank you. And thank you for what you do too. I just love people doing doing what they love. I just love seeing women come alive doing that. It's just inspiring. Oh, thanks, Bridge. And we're gonna we're gonna let you now change Sylvie's nappy. Thank you. Yeah, we- <laughs> <laughs> this is real raw parenting, everybody. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> this exactly. Is really real. <laughs> totally. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.